Welcome to the Profitable Accountant Podcast. I'm your host, Reza Huda, practice owner, coach, and mentor to accounting firm owners. In this podcast, I share practical strategies to get new clients, charge higher prices, and build a profitable accounting firm that you're proud of. From time to time, I also interview other accountants doing incredible things so you can learn what's working and take tangible takeaways to implement. Make sure you press the follow button on your podcast player so you get notified when I release a new episode. Now, on to today's session. Hello, hello. Uh, good day to you. I uh, hope you're well and have had a good start to the day. So it's been a up and down couple of weeks for me. Now I'm always unsure. Sometimes I start off these podcasts with a little bit of a snippet into my personal life, what I'm doing on a daily basis, how my week has gone, what I'm up to and that sort of thing. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that we're going to be off to Bali. Maybe I spoke too soon because something happened that meant we had to cancel our trip. And I recorded last week's episode, so if you're a a loyal listener of mine and you do tune in every Saturday morning when I drop these episodes, and I would love to hear from you. I want to know who my loyal listeners are, because as you can imagine with a podcast, it's very different from social media. As you know, know, I do a lot of social media stuff on LinkedIn and on my Facebook group, and you get feedback straight away. So I know whether, you know, my posts are receiving engagement to a certain extent, you know, people are commenting, liking the post. So I get that direct um, uh, response in terms of, you know, with the engagement of the post that I'm putting out. It's not the same with a podcast. You get zero, you get zero kind of feedback, as it were, on whether, you know, people are enjoying the podcast, apart from the statistics of, you know, how many downloads you're getting and that sort of thing. And I can look up the average view time and things like that. But, you know, I really do. This is one thing that I do, which is what just kind of a value piece for me really to kind of just build give it value in advance without a little expectation of anything in return just to kind of um, you know help you along your journey of uh, building a firm that gives you the money time and freedom that you deserve and you're probably wondering why on earth um did i not go to bali okay well unfortunately my daughter got unwell the week before we were about to travel now this is as you can imagine a uh, trip of a lifetime. We've been looking forward to it for a very long time. My wife's been wanting to go to Bali for years. We finally managed to uh, to get it in the diary for the month of August. We were going to be away for three weeks in uh, August this month, essentially going to, first stop was Malaysia for a few nights and then on to Bali for about 10 or 11 nights and then uh, back and then on our way back via Singapore, back uh, home again. So at uh, this, uh, the day I'm recording, I am supposed to be in Singapore, but unfortunately I'm uh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm back home, I'm driving to the office uh, in a normal kind of day, as it were. My daughter, um, yeah, unfortunately she got unwell uh, and uh, was admitted to the hospital a week before we were about to travel, and she was in hospital for seven days, so we were uh, staying with her. As you can imagine, uh, quite, a, quite a difficult time, but thankfully she she is on the men now. She is on the road to recovery, and but obviously she was uh, not fit to fly, so we weren't allowed to go on holiday. And she has to rest and recover. She's 11 years old. She's very active. She was a uh, a swimmer, um, but unfortunately her. Um, due to uh, she had severe dehydration and uh, her heart rate went below 40 um, so she was admitted straight away when they found out and um, was in hospital for seven days so I was kind of living out of a uh, hospital bed next to her and kind of with my laptop when I could um, in between to uh, you know give her that support whilst she was in hospital thankfully all is well she's on the mend so um, 
yeah, that's my most important thing, isn't it, in terms of uh, in terms of family. But what I did appreciate is, you know, being able to have done that, being able to, you know, even though uh, this was a, a week before we were about to go on holiday, to be able to, uh, you know, drop everything and be with her and the business not be affected in any significant way because, you know, the team is there, it kind of runs without me. And even my coaching business, it's, um, uh, you know, the way I've set it up, it allows me to work from whenever and wherever I am to be able to do what I need to do. And, uh, you know, if you are, if you, you, you I, don't, I don't suppose you noticed any difference in terms of my postings because they were all scheduled, you know, the podcast was still on track every week because I've got my business to a point now where I focus on high leverage activities and I get those done and I get those done in a productive, efficient manner, which allows me to work, you know, probably about less than five hours a week in the practice uh, and about, yeah, the rest of the time, maybe 20 hours a week or so in my coaching and mentoring business, maybe a bit less. Um, to uh, you know, to run to you know, highly uh, successful, profitable businesses, uh, and it's through everything you know the journey that I've gone on of self-development, of learning from others, and uh, uh, you know, learning about the the key skills of uh, of marketing and pricing and leadership and culture and systems, and then uh, going away and implementing those and everything that I teach uh, in the four pillars is uh, in line with the journey that I've gone on to get my businesses to a point where they can run without me and require little input and still give me the uh, life that uh, allows me to spend the time with those that I love. Anyway, um, so our Bali trip, unfortunately, didn't happen. Let me know, though. His, it, are you still listening? Are you? Do, would you prefer me to get just straight into it, into the nugget of information that you are looking for in this podcast? Or do you like hearing a little bit snippet into my personal life? Because I don't really share this uh, this content or anything about my personal life anywhere else so you as a loyal podcast listener of mine get the inside scoop um that nobody else does i don't really share much of my personal life on linkedin or facebook or anywhere else for that matter so if you're a podcast listener then um yeah consider yourself uh fortunate <laughs> or not the case may be but i'd love to hear your feedback if you want me to if you like hearing it and it is useful and it uh, it gives you a flavor of the real world and or what is possible and uh, and that sort of thing i'd love to hear Give, drop me some feedback because like i said i don't get any feedback on the podcast unless somebody reaches out to me or i get a review i get very little feedback on the podcast apart from i was at the account uh, when i was doing the book signing a lot of people came up to me and said oh we listened to your podcast really good and uh, that was really good to hear because i don't otherwise uh, get that very often even though lots of people are listening because i can see that from the downloads it's just that immediate feedback loop isn't there because i guess you're listening on the go so it's not you know that easy to uh, to because you're not probably you know you're not at your computer when you're listening or you're probably at the gym or maybe driving or doing the dishes or mowing the lawn or whatever the case may be which is the beauty about uh, listening to podcasts because you can do listen to them whilst doing other things but like i said if it has, if it is, this is useful. And if you want me to continue doing it, give you an inside scoop into what I do in my uh, day-to-day life and what a day in the life looks like sometimes, then drop me a line on the LinkedIn. I would love to hear from you. I want to know, I want to hear from you, my loyal uh, podcast listener. It would mean the world to me. If you haven't already, do give me a, uh, do give the podcast a review on Apple Podcast uh, to help me carry on and give me motivation to do more of these going forward. Anywho, the topic for today is uh, you're not responsible for the work. You're responsible for the people who are responsible for the work. Now, that is a quote that I got from Simon Sinek, I believe, when I was binge-watching his videos back in 2020, learning about all things to do with building uh, better teams, how you know what, uh, what drives uh, employee behavior and that kind of thing. Um, so I think yeah, that was a line that I got from him. 
which does ring true when we are leaders we're not responsible for the work so we need to get away from the doing the technical work and we are now responsible for the people who are responsible for the work so our role shifts now from doing the work to actually coaching and helping our team members to deliver and do the work in line with our vision and in line with the standards that we would expect from ourselves the same way that we would do it which means that we need to focus on the systems we need to focus on training we need to focus on that coaching our team members and I certainly found that to be the case I was kind of drawn in to the uh, to doing that in the practice this week and my diary was free as you can imagine because it was uh, empty for going on holiday so um uh, my diary was free, and uh, for the first uh, week or ten days or so, I was I was tempted to open my diary slots, but my wife wasn't having any of it. She's like, "We're supposed to be on holiday, so uh, you need to stay home and uh, give me a hand with uh, entertaining the kids and all the rest of it." So, I did that dutifully for uh, about seven days, and I got bored and said, "Oh, I need to open some of my diary slots up to, uh, you know, because there was some pent up demand." <laughs> so, uh, um, she allowed me to have a couple of days when I was in the office, and I used those couple of days to, you know, check in with the team, attend the team meetings, to remind them of what's important but also take some time to individually coach my team members. You know, if I'm guilty of this, I spend a lot of time coaching and mentoring other accountancy firm owners on, you know, how to price and how to sell and how to run the sales call meetings to be more effective in taking that prospect on a journey from, uh, you know, not knowing you to liking you and trusting you and getting them to buy from you in that sales call. But I don't really spend as much time with my team, which I really should. So I'm guilty of that. Um, and so this week, what I, uh, one of my team members, uh, Brendan, who is fantastic, he has taken uh, up a lot of the, the sales calls for me. So he now does a lot of the capture accounting sales calls for new prospects and I was uh, I said to him you know we weren't I was noticing that we were getting a lot of inquiries through off the back of our marketing efforts which I have talked about in the past but our conversion rates were not where they should be or where I would like them to be so there's a few things that could be the matter there and we're working on these all the time so as soon as I notice something I'm constantly monitoring things like that particularly when we are spending money in marketing so we're spending money in SEO we've just started a Google Ads campaign and I'm going to keep you informed in terms of how that goes so I want to know what's working and we are getting a lot of inquiries um, we were we have been getting a lot of inquiries over the last uh, you know few months uh, through our SEO efforts uh, but what I found is sometimes the quality of those inquiries isn't great so what I'll do is I'll go in and tweak the profiling or process so this is what you should be doing as well because if you're finding you're not getting the quality of prospects that you want then have a look at your profiling process your screening process which is all uber important so that you're not spending unnecessary time dealing with tire kickers and time wasters and i've talked about how to do this in the past using things like calendly routing forms and short discovery calls and things like that to be able to screen prospects better so we've worked on our questions again in the routing forms and we are now sifting out those that um uh, we find another good fit by uh, biannual income uh, and uh, giving them a message to say that we don't feel that you would be a good fit for us because you know your income is less than x amount and in our experience that uh, you know not quite ready but you know when you are because you know our fees uh, are start from x amount but when you're ready uh, then um, then do get in touch or if you feel that you want to invest uh, with us from the outset then um, you know send us an email so that has helped to filter out prospects and we are getting good quality prospects but the conversion rates were low so how did you chat with Brendan I said well look, you know start recording your calls excuse me I was just taking a sip of my coffee <laughs> I said start recording your calls so we can then review them and like they say when you're on those uh, on hold to 
a call center that these calls are recorded for monitoring and training purposes. Well, we were doing exactly that. So we were actually using them for training purposes. So he recorded his calls and sent one of them across to me, which I listened to in advance on two times speed. So I got a feel for how the conversation went. I'd already given him some tips on how to run the sales conversation before, but it was good to see actually in real life what he was doing, where he was straying and give him direct feedback on his sales calls. And it was really useful and and for me to see what was going on, why, you know, spot the reasons as to potentially why he wasn't converting the uh, at the rate as we would expect it to be, and give him some quick pointers and tips. So I listened to it all, and then I went to the office, and we had uh, an hour's call, which, you know, otherwise accountants pay me, you know, thousands of pounds uh, to, to give them that kind of feedback, because it's highly valuable, because, you know, me giving him that feedback, now he will be able to use that instantly to go away in his... Uh, calls with future prospects and uh, hopefully start to convert them Uh, and I know he will because uh, there were some tips that I gave him around the amount that he was talking around the questions he was asking because you know I've got a process that I teach members of the pack and if you're one of them you know that it's the you know the power sales formula of how to run that value conversation as it were to get the prospect from you know to actually take control of the conversation and doing it in a way that doesn't come across salesy in fact uh, you know, I find it easy because I'm, a, you know, I'm an introvert. I'm not a natural extrovert, but actually following a process, following a framework and a script, to, so to speak, which has been proven to work by people who have been studying sales and have, uh, you know, uh, written about it at length and trained sales teams. This stuff works. So if you know the right framework and you know the questions to ask and you can control the conversation, you can make sure that you are leading the prospect to see you as the expert and as the solution to their problem. Because when we do that, that is when we get that trust and that's when we get people to buy. So I gave him some good feedback on that. We also used ChatGPT to give him some feedback as well, which was fantastic. We fed the transcript into ChatGPT and I told ChatGPT that, look, you are an expert sales trainer. Uh, Take this uh, transcript and provide us some feedback. And it actually came up with some really good points. So that's something you could do (laughs) as well to get some some pointers. But some of the things I mentioned to him were things like, yeah, he was talking too much. I think he was talking about 80% of the time. I recommend talking 20% of the time and letting the prospect talk for 80% of the time. The order of the questions he was asking, so actually talking more about unraveling the prospect's motivations for getting in touch with us, their problems, their challenges, their frustrations, before we then talk about, well, what's your desired outcome? What does uh, success look like for you in a year's time? And then positioning ourselves as the expert by doing that and then actually uh, unraveling, extracting from them as to what they are looking for. What's, if they have an accountant, what's going well with their accountant? What's not going so well? If there was a rate their accountant out of 10, what would they give it? If they say a five, you know, what, um, what would make it a 10? So you actually hear from them firsthand what they are looking for in an accountant, what they're looking for in terms of uh, someone to work with, what's going well, what's not going so well. So when you're armed with all that information, then it's very easy. When it comes to your pitch, it's very easy to then say, to essentially uh, talk about your offering in line with exactly what the prospect wants. So you're essentially um, fitting your solution in exactly in line with the prospect's problem. You're not trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, which is what happens, which I think what happened in the sales call that Brendan had, where he was doing all the talking, he was doing a lot of trying to, it came across very salesy, the prospect wasn't talking very much, you could tell he was switched off, um, and rather than actually taking the time to understand where the prospect is, actually uh, inform, you know, unraveling the 
extent of the problems and challenges they are facing and let them appreciate the ramifications of them not taking action uh, and what uh, that would uh, what that would mean before positioning ourselves as the solution so that's what i've been doing i had another meeting with our managers uh, this week as well which i called my uh, um, you know my generals. I've got uh, four managers. So I invited them to a meeting, which I haven't done in a while actually. Which uh, I probably should do more often, to uh, talk about you know managing risk and as we are growing, to uh, make sure that you know they are working as a team as effectively as possible, helping each other out, and actually having go-to people. So them kind of building up their own uh, specialisms in-house to say, well, you know, this person is building up the specialism, has specialism in property. So if you've got anything related to property, he's the go-to person. We've got someone else who's built up specialism within content creators, influencers, anything to do with Dubai and therefore he's the go-to person for that to kind of feed off each other, to input into the knowledge hub which I keep banging on about, you know, writing up process notes, doing Loom videos which is always going to be a challenge with uh, team members, you know, I find it a challenge so if you're finding it a challenge to get your team to write up process notes and do Loom videos, you're not alone. <laughs> you know, it is, it is common but you've just got to keep, keep repeating yourself, that is our role as leaders to communicate, to over-communicate, to clarify, and then communicate again. That is our role as leaders. Until they say, yeah, yeah, we've had it for one, they can repeat your words verbatim, you need to keep saying over and over again what is important, what you require them to do, that you know is going to help you all to build a sustainable, efficient, smart, profitable practice going forward, which is in the interest of uh, not just your team members, but your clients alike. Excuse me, just taking another sip of my coffee. Hope you don't mind. So, that's been my week this week in terms of you know spending time with the team, and I encourage you to do that as well to kind of move away from doing the work and actually try and spend more time supporting your team members, coaching your team members in terms of you know doing helping you do the pricing and you know your role is to build those systems to begin with and uh, the processes and at the beginning it may be you having to do that if, particularly if it's just you or you've got a small team and your team don't really have the capacity or know-how in terms of how to do it you need to find time to do that and your team will allow you so you give the technical work to your team and say look you know your role is to manage client relationships is to manage client work and here are the systems that enable you to do that I shouldn't have to, to give you work I shouldn't have to say right do this now do that now do this now do that no you have complete responsibility of this client from A to Z when you're stuck reach out for help but otherwise you have that responsibility so you have the autonomy with the accountability that comes with managing a client portfolio and your team will thrive when you do that you know allow them to fall to make mistakes but your systems are going to be that safety net and your processes and your checklist will be that safety net to ensure that you know grave mistakes don't happen which then allows you to work on the business to you know work on your marketing to work on your branding to work on your strategy to go out and have those prospect meetings and to work on coaching your team members to do a better job in terms of you know how they interact with clients how they interact with team members how they run sales calls if you've got people doing that you know how to uh, how to price and why you price in a certain way and what the methodology is and let them input into that that's your role and you know that's the role of the leader as the entrepreneur in the business because you didn't sign up when you left your job wherever you were you didn't sign up to do more accounts and tax return work you had a vision to set up a business you had a vision to be an entrepreneur you had a vision to do things better and smarter uh, for clients and to build a business that gave you the life that you wanted and that doesn't happen with you stuck in doing uh, accounts and tax returns and bookkeeping so the quicker you can uh, get rid of those tasks because you can pay people to do those tasks anyone can do those tasks you need to think about 
the only thing that you should what you should be doing is to think about things that only you can do what are those skills and uh, high leverage activities they call them that only you can do so you know your team members are not going to be able to do you know perhaps the the system building or you know going out and uh, you know, speaking to new clients and uh, coming up with you know the marketing strategy and the website and stuff like that all that kind of stuff yes they are within your remit so the but the only way that you get time to do those things the non-urgent important stuff is if you hand off client relationships to your team because remember as we said at the beginning and as the title of this podcast is called you're not responsible for the work you're responsible for the people who are responsible for the work so i hope you found that useful and uh, let me know if you did i think we've gone slightly over today and a bit of a longer episode because of my uh, preamble at the beginning but if you found that useful i'd love to hear from you do let me know uh, by on uh, on linkedin or facebook manager or wherever wherever you uh, can find me online and i will respond i respond to all of my direct messages on linkedin in particular i'm quite active on there so if you send me a linkedin message i promise i will respond to you otherwise have a great rest of the day and weekend if you're listening to this uh, on a weekend and i'll catch up with you in the next episode take care and bye for now thank you for listening if you want to spend more time together get access to me personally for your questions access to resources and training that will help you to shortcut your progress together with being part of an incredible community of accountants or helping each other then come and join the pack the profitable accountants community There's a 100 plus accountant that I mentor and they help each other to get results faster than trying to do it alone. Go to reshooter.com forward slash mentoring to learn more or message me directly on LinkedIn. Take care.